1: The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe O'Marency. Things are getting crazy as the countdown of the NBA play in tournament is on, the countdown of the NHL playoffs are, are on, and as it is uh, right now, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, would be playing the Golden State Warriors in the play in tournament. The winner would automatically advance and uh, be the seventh seed, Uh, the loser would still have an opportunity to play against the winner of the nine and the ten teams. And uh, the nine and the ten teams looks like it's going to be Memphis and San Antonio. We doubt that the Pelicans are going to crash the party and get in the back door. Uh, They're down uh, down two and a half games uh, right now. So I think it's going to be the Spurs versus the Grizzlies. We don't know, though. Maybe the Lakers got a little bit of a run here over the last uh, four games because they want to avoid this play-in tournament desperately. But I don't know. Do they? You avoid the play-in tournament, and then suddenly you got to deal with the Los Angeles Clippers. You know, would you rather just have to beat the? Um, you know, would you rather have to beat the Grizzlies or the Spurs? But I think if the Lakers can win games, they will. The question is, could Portland hang on? But this is going to be some crazy-ass stuff, man. Uh, that's lining up right now. And Phoenix can still catch Utah for the one seed. Uh, Denver can still catch the Clippers for the three seed. And uh, Denver is pretty much, um, you know, battling with Portland right now. So this is some really, really cool stuff. Um, you know what? LeBron James might not like to play in tournament, but we can't lie. It has uh, made things uh, interesting. Meanwhile, in the in the Eastern Conference uh, right now, the Boston Celtics are in trouble. All right. The Celtics are fading. The Celtics have problems. Uh, and now they find out that Jalen Brown is going to be out for the rest of the year. He's not going to be returning for the playoffs. Alright, so uh, the Celtics are in the play-in tournament right now. The Charlotte Hornets, uh, that's another basketball team that has problems. The Indiana Pacers kind of just sort of suck. And then you got the Washington Wizards, who are actually the hottest one out of these teams. So ultimately, I think the Washington Wizards are going to get into the playoffs. And then somebody else by default. And you know what? Brad Stevens better get in. Otherwise, that uh, he might have uh, wanted to take that job in Indiana for the $70 million that they offered that he turned down. <laughs> Alright, so Rick Saratella is gonna hop up and in, getting fired up. NFL uh, football uh, win totals posted. FanDuel. Come on, man, Tampa Bay. They gotta go twelve and five. It's pretty ambitious. The late night anchor management class. This is more trades, bring it.
2: only places to turn for expert sports gaming strategies and information but we just call it the edge this is the sports grid radio network
3: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, races you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: So then get on the grid, sportsgrid.com.
2: Everybody's got an opinion. Go ahead. Ask them. But only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience. It's called trust. It's why we're here. For you. Keep it here. And get the edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio. Sirius XM Channel 204.
1: Late-night anger management class continues. This is SportsRange. I am Dave O'Moretz. We're breaking it down. Series XF channel 204. And, of course, on all of our glorious... AM radio affiliates. Let's bring in Rick Saratella, who's been joining us every Monday um, since uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Super Bowl victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. NFL Draft Bible. We broke it down. The draft is done, but we can't let Rick go. Rick Saratella steps up and in. How you doing, Rick?
4: Gabe, what's happening? And those Bucks are going to have 22 starters returning. The NFL has no offseason, my friend.
1: From what I get, from what I understand, it's the first time, isn't it, in Super Bowl NFL history that a team will return all 22 starters. Like, usually, you know, somebody leaves, somebody wants money, and there's going to be uh, players that are thrown uh, under the bus along the way that the organization won't want to pay after the fact. And it's interesting because... Um, you know, there's a lot of love about Tampa, and there wasn't last year. Then they win the Super Bowl, and now their win totals are incredibly high. But we'll get to the win totals in a couple of moments. FanDuel has uh, dropped uh, the, the upcoming win totals and, of course, 17 games uh, this year. But let's start off with the New York football giants. And what's your take on the, the, the reports that the giants were livid about the the divisional trade between the Cowboys and the Eagles and if the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith. Do you believe that they were going to take Devontae Smith?
4: I do, because you saw them trade back immediately and they winded up taking a wide receiver and they settled for the next best thing, which, you know, I mean, yeah, I get it. You didn't get your guy, but be happy about picking up additional draft equity for next year's draft, which will be a a stronger draft. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're upset because you gained an additional first-round pick and still got a wide receiver. I mean, listen, Devontae Smith, Kadarius Toney, they both come with durability issues. I think Smith is going to be the better pro, but I think they're both going to be questionable. I mean, they're going to be listed on that injury report on a weekly basis just because of the, the, the frame, the build. You mentioned 17 games. You go to the Super Bowl now, you're playing 2021 20, games. I don't see frames on either of those guys that are built for the long haul.
1: Well, and how much pressure – well, listen, there's pressure on everybody. And there's pressure on every New York football giant uh, as well. Uh, but especially that it's out there, they're coming from the same conference as well, Florida, Alabama, etc. the SEC. They're, they're going to be compared, right? Same division. The trade was made um, for Devontae Smith. Tony was the player taken as his replacement, These two are going to go hand-in-hand their entire career or at least as long as both these guys are in the same division on these football teams.
4: Oh, neither fan base is going to forget about it, right? They're going to let you know. And I think David Gettleman needs to take a look in the mirror, you know, and really evaluate himself and this football team because we're acting like Devontae Smith is the final piece of the puzzle that's going to put the Giants over the top. Like, let's be real. This team hasn't made the playoffs. The, The offensive line still hasn't been addressed. Like I could understand if we were talking about a playoff team that was one piece away from being a real legit contender. We're talking about a team that hasn't made the playoffs in I don't know how many years. So it's not like Devonte Smith was this end all be all savior that was going to elevate the Giants to another level. They should just be happy that they got a luxury piece. I'll call him Kadarius Tony, and they added. Now they got two first round picks next year. Listen, this team ain't competing this year. So what do you what are you upset about?
1: And I also think as well. And it's ironic because Rick is actually a giant fan, but I think I'm higher on the team than he is actually, <laughs> and I think it's been that way uh, for a couple of years. Uh, but I also sort of think, and listen, the Giants didn't publicly complain about this, uh, as Joe Judge stated. You know, your enemy's enemy. You know, so enemies can sometimes be friends, etc. And they sort of got it, uh, but you can't, you can't complain about what other teams do. Because I was thinking, all right, Gentlemen, if you really wanted Devontae Smith that bad, then you could have said, you know what, he's still on the board and somebody else is going to grab him. We better trade up a spot or two to nail this down. And I'm not even saying he should have done that, but he could have done that if he really
4: wanted him. Well, and I listened to, for example, like John Lynch, Harry Roseman. They're constantly on the phone. They're constantly wheeling and dealing. Like when John Lynch says, we knew we had a good feel for every team within the top eight. And same thing with the like the Dolphins. All these GMs are communicating, like Chris Greer knew that he had to get back up to six to get Jalen Waddle because he was in communication with all these teams. He had a pulse of what was going on. David Gettleman didn't know, right? So he got beat to the punch. Now, yeah. the other interesting side thing is I saw today they drafted more players from the Senior Bowl in the last two years than any NFL team. I think nine guys over the last two years from the senior bowl, which means you've got a very conservative scouting staff. You're not going to go outside the power five. You're not going to go against the grain with anything that, Hey, you know, if you don't have measurables, if you don't have verified times, the giants aren't drafting you. They're going to go with P five, what they know, what they've seen, who they have spoken to. And I would imagine that's probably more common than people realize around the league.
1: And I think I, I, I agree with you as we're a conversation
4: with Rick Saratel
1: NFL draft Bible. And I think that's why general managers do a poor job. To me, to me, when you're when you're always drafting guys from the Senior Bowl, it almost tells me that you didn't watch the college regular season very much, right? That you guys didn't scout it much. Um, you put too much stock in it. And and I'm not saying you know obviously there's great players at the Senior Bowl, but you know this goes back to my Buffalo Bills. He used to be in the Rex Ryan era, kind of Senior Bowl heavy. Like basically Rex would see you know a good week of practice from a kid, and that was that. Right, like the Bills drafted EJ Manuel because of the Senior Bowl um, in yesteryear. When you know now, obviously they have a better staff, but I guess it was raining a lot at the Senior Bowl that week, and EJ Manuel was throwing bullets through the rain and the sure. wind and stuff. And they said, "Oh, look, he's got a strong arm. He'll be great in Buffalo." And that was that, right? Well, like just you know, and, and I'm not. I know there's a little deeper than that, but. It's interesting that you bring that up that they're that the Giants are so Senior Bowl heavy all the time. I
4: remember the press conference when they drafted Daniel Jones a couple years ago. They asked, yeah, exactly. David Gentleman, they said, when did you know that he was your guy?" Oh, we fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. Okay, so yeah, it he was the MVP of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it took you to January to figure out that you like Daniel Jones, right? I mean, Christian Ponder, same deal. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Like,
1: uh, you know, as we say, look. Um, Uh, You know, Herbert was at the Senior Bowl. He was the MVP, and he looks like a stud. And we'll see about Daniel Jones moving forward. But the point is, the more we talk about it, the more it's even highlighted. It's like You just wonder, how much freaking college football are these guys actually paying attention to? And uh, it's uh, a shame here. to see
4: just six FCS players drafted from the FCS level. That's a, That ties last year for the record low. Again, they're getting the shaft here. But there's some really good players who aren't getting taken because scouts don't want to pound the table for players they don't know, the Giants being one of them.
1: Rick Saratella kicking it with us. So I want to get your take on uh, on Tim Tebow and Jacksonville, but I see that uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, head coach Urban Meyer was disappointed. So I don't know if this means that um, that they wouldn't have taken the running back out of Clemson, which I you know kind of bizarre you've got Carlos Hyde you've got Robinson I understand that he was a teammate of Lawrence but it didn't fit in need in the same way that Tim Tebow doesn't fit in need uh right now but Urban Meyer uh told um College Game Day on Friday that it broke his heart that it broke his heart um that uh Kadarius Toney was drafted said so I got to know him over the last couple of weeks and obviously my connection with Gators uh coach uh coach Mullen and those guys you watch Tony play, he's a human highlight reel. That's the words of uh, Urban Meyer. Makes me wonder, was he going to take him instead of uh, of, uh, of Travis and Chad?
4: Well, you know, listen, Tony's an electrifying player. What he can do with the ball in his hands, whether that's in screens, end arounds, return game, running back, uh, just get the ball in his hands. Special things happen, much like another Florida Gator, if you remember Percy Harvin. And so the good news for Urban, he, he had his heart broken, but now, he's, now it's Tebow time. So he's going to heal that wound. And we're going to bring in Tim Tebow. What a sham. Okay. What a sham. Because if you remember when the Jets brought in Tebow as a tight end, Sanchez was doinking him on the helmet when he wasn't looking, like making a fool out of him. Like, let's just call this what it is. Tim Tebow's your quarantine quarterback, right? Like, you want Tim Tebow in your locker room. You want him to have a positive effect and impact on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but
1: what's like, takes stop- Trevor Lawrence? That's the thing. Listen, Rick, we're up against it right now. Let's continue this on the other side. Let's continue this. All right, the late night anger match class continues. Bring it.
2: Sports gaming insights and expert analysis on daily sporting events.
3: Information
2: you can take to the bank. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
3: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Our
0: goal... Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
2: Uh, Reese's, you did it.
0: You stumped this charming devil.
2: Full is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: We're getting fired up on the Monday Night Meltdown talking NFL football. Let's do this thing. I was going through NFL withdrawal, so we had to get our main man, Rick Saratella, from the NFL Draft Bible uh, on. So, Tim Tebow, um, is it a publicity stunt? Is it... Is it for leadership issues? Is it for for Urban to sort of have somebody to lean on that's actually been around the National Football League a little bit? But my deal with this is that I'm almost just thinking now, uh, Rick, if you're Trevor Trevor Lawrence, so what? Linahan's there, right? So you've got Linehan. Urban Meyer doesn't know anything about you know helping an NFL quarterback. You know he's Urban Meyer zero NFL experience. But my deal is Tim Tebow wasn't a good NFL quarterback. So what is Tim Tebow bringing to the table? And you you were talking about leadership as we went to the break there. What's your take on Tim Tebow?
4: I think you're going to see Coach Urban Meyer go one of two routes, Gabe. It's either going to be a huge success, such as Jimmy Johnson, where he's going to utilize all these college contacts, even though he wasn't coaching the game. Oh, I know Coach Mullen. I know this coach. I know Ryan Day. I He was on the road with Fox Sports talking to all these head coaches, knowing all these players. And so it's either going to go that route or he's going to completely flame out a la Steve Spurrier, like where Spurrier was bringing in all these Florida Gators and Danny Werfel's my quarterback. Like, you know, you're seeing that love affair. Like, I just think Urban knows the leadership that Tim Tebow brings. He wants him in the locker room. He's trying to justify the cause. But, Urban, you're running the show, brother. Like just tell him, "Hey, he's our quarantine quarterback. Let's call it like it is. The guy's not playing tight end, just like he's not playing baseball, and the Travis Etienne, again, like it's either going to go boom or bust. Like they're going to have their form of triplets, like uh Jimmy Johnson had Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. All right, well, you got Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, we'll figure out the receiver. Like I don't think there's an in-between with Urban Meyer, just like there was no in-between with Chip Kelly. Like he just completely Flamed out. And I think it's either going to be a boom or a bust with Urban Meyer. It's funny when you talked about Danny Werfel. I, I couldn't help but think back uh, to yesteryear
1: as well with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jimmy Johnson and the Dallas Cowboys in which Jimmy Johnson was actually insistent on starting Steve Walsh, <laughs> if you recall. And Steve Walsh was a great college quarterback, but I think I had more arm strength uh, than Steve Walsh did. and And the thing is, Walsh was his guy at Miami. Right. And Troy Aikman was it right. So and exactly Steve Walsh right. is Steve Walsh is getting lit up. And then Troy Aikman's getting murdered. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson actually did like uh, Steve Walsh a lot uh, at the time. And I just, you know, I actually think I actually think that the college playbook works in the NFL because I, I think, you know, you know, the NFL. The NFL copies college more than uh, college copies the NFL. And we see this more and more on a yearly basis right now, right, with the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Andy Reid running these Texas Tech plays and, and Bill Belichick talking about watching Alabama, et cetera, and Miami. Um, so we see it more and more, NFL coaches, Will Mir college plays, uh, Arizona with, with Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, etc. So I, I get that, and I think it's unorthodox, and it throws NFL defensive coordinators off. But, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking it is going to turn into a circus. I'm not buying into Urban Meyer being a success here. I think he's going to flame out. He's an intense dude. He's going to find out it's not college, that he doesn't have the best players. He's never dealt with anything like this before, right? They're not, you know, they're going to be overwhelmed. Um, you know, they're not in the toughest division in the league, but how do you think it's going to play out in year one for him?
4: Uh, year one is going to be rough, but I do think where I somewhat disagree is as long as you got Trevor Lawrence, you got a shot, right? You got a shot, like surround this man with the, the support that he needs, protect him, give him weapons. You saw Saxonville a couple years ago. It's, it's doable, right? They got to the AFC championship with yeah, a solid yeah. defense. So it's doable. And who, who was it? Blake Bortles was yeah. the, driving those ships. So it, it can happen. Um, I will say, you know, Urban Meyer is, is a football grinder. So, like, he he can relate to the players. He does put in the hours. And I think what he did with the undrafted free agencies, I thought he had the best UDFA signing. So I, I thought that he did parlay yeah, his contacts into signing a lot of great UDFAs that we had, draftable grades here at the NFL Draft Bible.
1: That's very interesting, Rick Saratella from the NFL Draft Bible with this that you bring that up because – You talked about it, and I I brought that up before as well, and I do agree. I think it's going to be a strength uh, of Urban Meyer for the next couple of years, as long as he's there, uh, at least. And we saw the same thing with Pete Carroll, guys. You know, Pete Carroll was so entrenched, right? Pete Carroll came from USC to Seattle, and if you notice, they did a great job drafting players because Pete Carroll recruited all those guys. Right, So Pete Carroll would recruit guys. He knew he was playing against the best. USC were playing in championship games. He was seeing all. He was seeing all of the college players, and he knew all the best college players. And you see, as, as Pete Carroll got further and further distance from college football, he started to miss more, <laughs> actually. And it's a great point because you're right. Urban Meyer is a workaholic. And one thing uh, about Urban Meyer, I thought he was a great analyst on TV. Um, I thought he did a great job on Fox breaking down college football, and you know he was in tune with all of the players as you stated. So interesting that you say that you think he, the, he did the best job of undrafted free agents. And we talk about it all the time, bro. Some Super Bowls sometimes like fifty percent of the players are undrafted.
4: Actually, sixty-six percent are taking on day two, day three, are undrafted, and anywhere between twenty-seven to thirty-three percent of every nfl roster consists of undrafted free agents
1: yeah that shows the impact that they have yeah they'll be exactly they'll be undrafted free agents guys that'll be starting in a super bowl
4: uh, in a couple. of Oh, yeah. And Coach Rule know. is another guy now parlaying, you know, those yeah, college yeah. relationships. And he also has the hot offensive coordinator, right? Joe Brady from LSU two years ago with that prolific offense. He's now the offensive coordinator in Carolina. So Rule is working all the angles. In fact, I love that team. I want to love that team, but I just don't love the quarterback. And so they're still in the bottom barrel. But, man, if they were to pull off an Aaron Rodgers trade, watch out.
1: That's a great point, actually, to erase Uh, as far as Matt Rule is concerned uh, as well. So FanDuel does have win totals up. The Carolina Panthers, seven and a half. So you're not buying in to Sam Darnold. Do you believe that the Carolina Panthers will be talking about them um, looking for a quarterback and drafting a quarterback in next year's draft or the following draft? It's up to Dartle to deliver now. They've given him the chance. They gave him the contract extension so he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. He's got two years to prove himself. Win total is seven and a half in a 17-game season, gentlemen.
4: Right. So, you know, they're projecting about eight and nine, seven and ten. You know, I'm going to go under here again because I just don't see Sam Darnold like he couldn't will his way to victory for one win <laughs> with the Jets. Like, <laughs> <you>
1: know,
4: like, <laughs> we got to get, get eight on the board.
1: I'm going to go the under here. <laughs> yes, that's a, he's got more talent now, but that's uh, it's a lot. Yeah, you, you know, that's a good way if you put it that way. Listen, he's got to win eight times more games than he did last year. <laughs> then, then yeah, then we've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville. So we were just talking about Jacksonville. Jacksonville checks in at six and a
4: half, which to me is a little bit ambitious. Is this a seven and ten football team? No, yeah. I think six is probably their ceiling. So I'm going to take the under. I'm going to feel real good about it too. So you look at that division,
1: and. Um, you know the Houston Texans are kind of a mess right now. Useless
4: Texans. The useless Texans.
1: Yeah, okay, that's a better better <laughs> way of putting it. Yeah, the use the useless Texans. Uh, very good. Well done, Rick. Uh, they're they're a train wreck. Um, they're a disaster. Um, so, you know you have the Indianapolis Colts, right? So it's the the Indianapolis Colts with um, with Carson Wentz uh, there right now. And are you buying into Carson Wentz? And you've got the Titans. So you've got two pretty good football teams. And two kind of bad football teams uh, right now, you know. So I don't see how Jacksonville's going to get to seven either. Are they going to beat Tennessee? No. Are they going to beat Indianapolis? No. Uh, but speaking of the Colts, the Colts' win total is nine and a half. So they've got to be a ten and seven, ten and seven team. Are you buying in that Frank Wright can rehabilitate Carson Wentz?
4: I do. I do think they're going to be a ten-win team and. I I don't love Wentz, but I think he's in the best situation to succeed with the coaching staff, familiar faces, a strong, like really strong supporting cast and a really good defense, too. So I think I think I'm buying here on the over because even if uh, Carson Wentz is mediocre and he was subpar with the Eagles, but even if he's mediocre, I think the pieces are in place. Two years ago, before luck got hurt, I had the Colts as a Super Bowl contender. That's how well the roster is constructed. So I think Wentz can just be average and get them to 10 victories.
1: Rick Saratella kicking it uh, with us said, You know what? I actually agree with everything you just stated there. In that, I'm not Carson Wentz's biggest fan, but I'm willing to give him a second chance. He was in a very difficult situation in Philadelphia. I think uh, with all due respect to Coach Peterson, uh, who I think took a lot of the blame. It wasn't all his fault, but at the same point in time, I think Frank Reich was one of the major influences on winning the Super Bowl um, there, and who better than Frank Reich to rehabilitate a quarterback? Like, nobody. And as you mentioned, like, this is it. Like, Sam Darnold's in a good spot. Carson Wentz is in a better spot great offensive line great young running back great young wide receivers great play caller great quarterbacks coach great head coach uh like you know we could go down the list i mean hell philip rivers took this team to the playoffs and they could have maybe nearly beaten the buffalo bills ironically enough if not for some weird play calling from and decision making from frank Wright ironically enough but nobody's perfect except rick saratella will continue the conversation on the other side bring it
2: Remember the good old days before you found us, got the winning edge, and started winning? Neither do we. Thank God. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: These days, it's hard to find something you can trust. Your car? Yeah, right. Trust takes time. And that's why we're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We are your trusted trusted source for for gaming, gaming, odds, and more. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, channel 204.
1: Night the Monday Night meltdown. I'm getting fired up, Darren, for some NFL football uh, right now as we're talking NFL win totals, a uh, recapping the draft uh, still. So the Colts are at nine and a half uh, right now. I want to get your take on the New York Football Giants. Um, so their win total at FanDuel is seven, an even seven, and I think it's a little light actually because so if they go seven and ten. You get your money back. That's not bad. I can live with that at a push. They go eight and nine. I win. I win. Uh, I win my bet. And I do think the Giants are going in the right direction. They do have a lot of talent. The offensive line, you know, isn't you know, isn't great. That's still a problem. Uh, but it really is up to Dan Daniel Jones here to you know, the the, the mistakes can't happen. The turnovers can't happen, the mistakes, the the carelessness with the football in the pocket. Because I think he's got all the athletic ability. He's got the arm. He's got the mobility. um, He's got the playmaking ability. I think he has all the tools. But the decision-making, basically just the turnovers are a killer for Daniel Jones. But I actually think this is a better football team than a seven-win team. What's your take?
4: Should they be better? They should. Did the Washington football team get better with Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think they did. Did yep. the Dallas Cowboys get better with, you know, Dak and, and Ezekiel Elliott coming back? They're big ifs, but I think they will be better. So yep. here's what I'll say about the Giants. I can't get our scouting report out of my head. There's two scouting reports that just always echo when I hear the names. J.P. Losman, million-dollar arm, two-cent head. Damn. Daniel Jones folds like a cheap suit under pressure. Off my board. I can't get it out of my head. And after watching two years of it every Sunday, bad decisions, poor ball security, unacceptable interceptions, long, you know, poor pocket awareness, just not able yeah. to get rid of the ball on time. And then I look at the offensive line. It was pretty bad last year. In fact, it's been pretty bad for the past four years. They did nothing in offseason free agency or the draft to address that. I look at the weapons and I say, okay, Evan Ingram, he's always hurt. Sterling Shepard, he's always hurt. I'll sign Kenny Galladay. You know, what did he play, four games last year? He's always hurt. Yeah. Barkley, he's always hurt. Kadarius Toney, always on the injury report. So I'm looking at this roster. I'm saying, man, you've got a bunch of injury-prone wideouts. You did nothing to upgrade the offensive line. I just don't see it, Gabe. You have no pass rush. Like, who's getting after the quarterback here? Who's defending in the secondary? There's so many holes on the defense. All right, Leonard Williams turned out to be probably the best move David Gettleman ever made. But I just don't see, as long as the tackles, I don't care if it's Andrew Thomas, Matthew Pert, Nate Solder, whatever Babalu you want to throw in there. It's been turnstiles like the New York subway. I'm riding the E-Train Express up to the Bronx. It's just been terrible. And so I can't get on board with the Giants. I, I don't see it. I want to believe it, but as long as Daniel Jones is there, and I, I, it feels like I'm in the minority here. But as long as Daniel Jones is the quarterback, I just can't get on board that choo-choo train.
1: And let me ask you then. So, you know, we talked, and you know, we talked about Gettleman and the trade and acquiring draft picks, and that's the good news from it. But would it have been crazy then? Look, look how happy the Chargers were to get Slater. Look at the Jets; they traded up to get Vera Tucker. Because they thought, you know what, this guy's going to be off the board any pick now. And, you know, we, we've, we've got to make our move. And they did. Would that have been a bad move? Like if the Giants would have said, yeah, we got Slater. I think that would have been solid. Or Amir like, or Tucker. What's your take on
4: that? I, I think both of those guys are going to start for the next decade in the league. And I look at the Giants' picks. I say, Kadarius, Tony, that's a pick. Like that's a luxury pick for a uh, 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 uh. A Super Bowl contending team looking to put their offense over the top. Like that's in a luxury pick because he's only going to be play- on the field for like twenty, twenty-five snaps a game. Aziz Ojolary, I love the value at fifty. Yeah. But again, the reason why he's there is because the medical recheck didn't come back so so favorably. So there's a there's a medical there. Aaron Robinson was thrown out of Alabama. There's character concerns there. So like their first three picks all come with question marks. I like the value, I get it. I just can't get on board that this is going to turn the franchise around.
1: Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible with us. Uh, So, Rick, uh, this Aaron Rodgers saga has continued uh, on for a couple of weeks uh, now. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers hasn't come out and said anything is all you need to know about this. He's hoping that somebody does floor uh, the Green Bay Packers and shake the foundation of the National Football League. I actually... I took a couple of days I let this all sink in for about a week, and I got to be honest. I actually, you know, I actually think Aaron Rodgers is should shut up. I think Aaron Rodgers is the one to blame here. Well, with this, you don't run the Green Bay Packers. You guys win 13 games every year. How about you make a play? I mean, the people talk about, oh, you know, oh, they didn't go for it. I don't know. They didn't score on first down, second down, or third down, did they, Rick? Right? I mean, I don't know, like you got Devontae Adams, you got a full backfield. The Packer defense, uh, Jerry Alexander's good. Um, yeah, uh, Lafleur. you didn't like McCarthy, so you got a new coach. Whatever, the new coach has won 26 games in two years. All right, it's hard to win a Super Bowl in your first two years as coach. All right, the guys won 26 games they had coach. I'm not really sure what Aaron Rodgers is so pissed off about, actually, when I sit back and analyze this, Rick.
4: You know, boo-hoo, they drafted Jordan Love. Get over it, bro. You know, my daughter just got fitted for her tutu for her dance recital. Aaron Rodgers, if you need to get measured up and sized up for (laughs) your I mean, are you kidding me? Like, bro, everything Terry Bradshaw said was dead on the money. I don't know if you saw his comments, but dead on the money. And so, like, it's pretty interesting that no Green Bay quarterback has played more than 16 seasons. Uh, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and now Aaron Rodgers have all played exactly 16 seasons. But, again... Wake up, smell the coffee, because if you do a little self-reflection, brother, you're not even the greatest quarterback. You're not even the second greatest quarterback in the franchise history. Okay, Bart Starr brought home four Vince Lombardi trophies. Brett Favre also won and to me was the better quarterback. So, like, you're the third greatest quarterback in your franchise history. Like, pump the brakes. All right. Now, to his credit. I think the Jeopardy play was a shrewd move. I think that was more than meets the eye, because I'm not so sure here. He's he's guaranteed 45 million over the next two years. I'm not so sure that he could make similar amount of money. Like he could probably make 20 million a year hosting Jeopardy and not have to go 17 rounds uh, with Mike Tyson every week.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I was actually wondering, and you and I discussed this a bit. I was wondering how much money actually. How much money's on the table for Jeopardy, actually? And we don't know what Aaron Rodgers would get, but I can tell you, Trebek got $10 million a year. So that's that's what he was making. Trebek got $10 million a year, which is solid change. Especially when you consider they would basically do a month of shows uh, in a week. Did I mention I'm available, Gabe? Yeah, yeah, you know what, uh, <laughs> so, so am I. Uh, you know, we can co-host if you want. Uh, well, I'll take I'll take five mil. Uh, <laughs> although, you. I don't know, I think I'm too, I'd have a problem, I'd butcher the questions, <laughs> let alone the I got answers. You back. I got your back. <laughs> I'd be like, they would answer, and I'd be like, I don't know if they're right or not. I'd be like, I don't know, I think you right check. I'll be there to fact check. So... The Denver Broncos have had success doing this before. The Broncos, to me, sort of are like Tampa. I think there's a lot of similarities. If you look, you know, they've got a ton of talent, young talent on defense. They've got a ton of weapons uh, on offense. Like Denver, you could kind of argue that – because Aaron Rodgers, if he goes to a lot of teams, he doesn't move the needle, actually. But if he went to the Denver Broncos – that does make them instant contenders, in my opinion. You look at all the talent that that football team has, and you drop Aaron Rodgers, but are the Denver Broncos better than the Green Bay Packers? That's the whole thing. And, you know, the word was, too, that Rodgers wouldn't mind playing for the Raiders. The Raiders suck, Aaron. So is this about winning, or what, what is this about with you?
4: Well, you know, I think, too, though, like, to if the quarterback and coach can't see eye to eye, and I don't think he respects LaFleur at all, so it's hard to win with that kind of chemistry. When when the quarterback and the head coach are just beefing constantly, it's not a good situation. So if he came to Denver, and I think that you know Peyton Manning would also make a phone call on the behalf of John Elway, who's not technically the GM, but he's still up there in the building. And Payne would make that call. And you mentioned it, like they've got some young pieces on that defense. Like you put up the Broncos' defense you could argue like they're a top 10, like they're just as good as any, de- like nobody has a dominant defense really uh, in this day and age, but Denver, I mean, is as good as it gets. And so you add Aaron Rodgers, and suddenly, you know, that's must see TV. Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers twice. I mean, you remember when Funny Joe Montana. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, Kansas Kansas City, Chiefs. Denver. yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, so I think, I think I heard now and you look five quarterbacks went in the first round. Like how many other, suitors are there, really, to, to make a trade happen at this point. But I heard Denver offered up three first-round picks. We'll see if it gets done.
1: I think it's interesting that San Francisco wasn't in the mix or doesn't seem to be interested to be in the mix, right? That Maybe they are. Yeah, well, that's another thing, too. Or are they? Will they say, you know what? We're going to be so uber-aggressive here and shock everybody. We'll trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and then we'll bring in – we can trade Jimmy Garoppolo, then swap the picks we get for Jimmy, throw something else in here, and it, we don't really lose all that much. And then we get Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years, um, and then and, and Trey Lance
4: takes over. We tell Aaron Rodgers, yeah, you got two years to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or we just throw in Trey Lance because, let's be honest, the 49ers, they had that Super Bowl run the other four years. They missed out the playoffs entirely. You mentioned it. They're very aggressive. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they said, hey, here's Trey Lance. <laughs> Give us Aaron Rodgers. Let Jordan Love and Trey Lance duke it out. We're going to go win a Super Bowl because, I'll tell you what, if they had Aaron Rodgers and not Jimmy Garoppolo in that Super Bowl two, three years ago, they'd be hoisting that Lombardi trophy.
1: Man, there's a lot of question marks uh, surrounding uh, the Green Bay Packers. And, um, you know, you wonder about the Denver Broncos. The win total is up at eight and a half uh, right now. At FanDuel, they have so much talent on offense, guys. Jerry, Judy, Hamler, Noah Fant. Um, I know you questioned the running back out of North Carolina, um, you know, against Notre Dame. He didn't have a great game, as you talked about. We'll see. Uh, but he's a, he is a good athlete, so I think that he can be effective uh, there. I like this Denver team. I like and listen. They got Teddy Bridgewater right now. What what if Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback? How how much do you like this team? Their win total right now is eight and a half. The Broncos.
4: I think that's about what they are currently is about a five hundred team. So they're saying, hey, yeah, eight and nine, you know, right around that. I can see that. I think if you're, you're if you're entering the the season and, and Teddy Bridgewater went one and nine down the stretch, so I don't think Bridgewater's a guy even if he starts out with the gig that can last an entire season. Uh, Drew Locke, he was banged up last year. I liked what he did his rookie year. He showed flashes of potential. I just haven't seen enough of it on a consistent basis to believe that this team is going to be above 500. I think the chargers are a team that's going to go from non-playoffs to playoffs. The Raiders are the Raiders. Uh, The chiefs are pretty damn good. So that kind of leaves Denver and, and Las Vegas kind of battling for the basement there. And, and unless they get Aaron Rodgers and you and you want to put some stock into the rumor mill, well, then suddenly if they get Rodgers, that, that, that's looking real nice. The Raiders' win total is six and a half.
1: Chargers' win total, nine and a half. We've got to get out of here, Rick. Man, time flies when we talk football with you. Great stuff. Follow Rick Saratella on Twitter at Rick Saratella and, of course, follow the NFL Draft Bible uh, as well. Always a pleasure my man.
2: Thank you brother. It's your lucky day. You found a trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. Go ahead. Kick the tires. You're listening to the SportsGrid Radio Network.
3: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: When you need information, you go to an expert. Not just anybody, but someone who's been right on the money before. So when it comes to gaming, odds, and more, you've come to the right place. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: The quickest 180 minutes in Sports Talk Radio. Tonight, we proved why. Man, what a fast show this evening. Thanks to Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible. uh, Worked in conjunction with uh, Sports Illustrated throughout the National Football League Draft. And if uh you guys uh were paying attention to the win totals that we were throwing out there and we'll continue the conversation throughout the week even though we have nhl playoff hockey coming up this week can't wait to see uh the series prices and the game prices uh nba around the corner we're about a week away right now from the play-in tournament but uh, nfl win totals are posted and they're already starting to move uh right now of course a 17 game season and i talked about the chargers not much but i just sort of threw out the chargers win total and you know let that settle in actually so it's nine and a half now it is shaded to the over uh plus money a little bit plus 110 to the over but i get it justin herbert had a great statistical year uh last year but they didn't win a lot of football games they have a new coach again they always have a new coach right and there's you know, they the division. You know, the the Broncos are stacked with talent. Um, you know, you got Bridgewater and Drew Locke at the quarterback position. But I'm just saying, like, wow, nine and a half, really? So you're telling me the Chargers to win this bet have to be ten and seven? It's a pretty big, pretty big leap of faith, man. That's a bigger leap of faith than thinking that Tim Tebow can actually still play in the National Football League. Tim Tebow couldn't play in the NFL when he was Tim Tebow. All right. If Tim Tebow was smart, he'd just stay on the set of uh, whatever show he's on because, you know, he's uh, making a lot of money to sit there and look good. Um, you know, I saw a stat today. You know, Tim Tebow ran a 4 4.7 out of college. <laughs> so what's he going to do now, 12 years later? This is a waste of time, and all you need to know is just thinking about this. And... Um Like, think if you were Trevor Lawrence, how better off your career would be if, like, you were with Kyle Shanahan as opposed to Urban Minor. Think about the circus act that, like, is about to happen in Jacksonville. Our circus is done. Other than that, you're on your own.
2: Later. You're listening to sports news you can actually use. Actionable insights and expert perspectives on daily sporting events. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate
0: here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.